Straight Jack, episode six. We review three films every week. One new release, one post-2000 release, and one pre-2000 release. Yes. And it's quite fun. Shall we? Yes. So my choice for this week was Everybody Wants Some. A film about Jake, who's Jake. starting his first week or so of college, and he moves into his house, which he shares with the college baseball team. The film progresses with him getting to know uh, all the characters within the team and what they get up to. Discos, parties, discos, parties. Uh, it's a bit of a variety, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of drinking, there's a lot of women involved. It's set in the 80s, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But apart from that, I think... 1980, I believe. Go on, Ian. Do you want to hand it over? Ooh, I, I mean, I'm not... I didn't say... That. I, I can take the lead. So, yeah, I was lucky. I was sat in the screening, had two guys, probably about 50-odd, 50-plus... Uh, on one side and two much younger people on another side and it was great from the get-go you could hear the guys patting their feet they definitely went to university in the (laughs) 80s 80s. and you could hear them throughout uh, pretty much the first 30 minutes going I had that album I wore that t-shirt they were dancing along they were grooving out on a Monday night having a fantastic time and yeah for the first 45 minutes it just hits you I mean I don't think I've laughed literally laughed once a minute for 45 minutes like that for some time certainly not this year I think it was definitely the greatest the best sort of segment of comedy I've seen this year I completely agree I was on the verge of tears half an hour in because I was enjoying it so much I genuinely couldn't get rid of the smile on my face there was a moment when he's dancing with Becky from Friday Night Lights um, (laughs) in disco and everyone's got the moves and I felt like I was having as much fun as they were at the time Yeah, I didn't feel like I was there but I just felt like this is something that I wanted to be involved in and I had the pleasure of witnessing it was was so rare Uh, quite similar to obviously the sister film Days of Confused um, set I think uh, just exactly 10 years before, roughly. Um, and yeah, you get a nostalgia injection for a period that we were not around for. <laughs> we weren't even born. Um, it's beautifully put. But it was it was just absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I personally played for a sports team at, at university and it was great because not, not a lot has changed. I mean, there are phones involved and maybe it gets got a little bit more disgusting, but it's it's just all there, this, this camaraderie, this sort of this constant I mean people use this god awful word too much these days banter but it's just this constant they're all trying to one up each other they're all trying to prove who's the best at this and that who's and when you're 18 to sort of 22 or whatever everyone's just having a good time you know go to the roller disco go to the party have a laugh see what happens I thought this was another very good Linklater film I think he's three in a row now with is it Midnight Boyhood and, and this so yes. he's on a, he's on a very yeah. good run I think I shared all the sentiments you said my only caveat to that would be you seemed to stop at 35 minutes when you talked about or the first half an hour I think you said in terms of you were both you know absolutely head over tail for this absolutely yeah. loved it it is a bit of a, you know, a work hard play hard kind of kind of film which I, I enjoyed I saw it at a, a secret screening and um, it was <laughs> uh, I was so glad you picked it because it was one of those films where me and my mate who, who went with me we absolutely loved it but no one else has seen it, or you know the critics have. But you don't, you don't have that interaction with them, or some of us don't. You know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely loved it, and and I came out of it, what from the very first, you know, first thirty seconds right until the ending, just smiling throughout it all. I mean, yes, I laughed out loud a few times, but 
guaranteed I was smiling throughout it. And at the end, it's a relatively long film. You know, it's two hours long. And at the end, I just didn't, I didn't want it to end. I know it sounds like such a cliche, but I just, I really could have just gone on forever with that film because they're great characters, a really enjoyable tone to the film. <laughs> um, you've already talked about how, you know, they're a competitive bunch, um, but they're sensitive to each other. They've got that camaraderie. They've got that bond that only sports teams seem to be able to create. Uh, and yes, it's obviously we've already talked about, you know, we weren't necessarily even born in the 80s, let alone... At, uh, at college or at university then and yet not only did I feel like I wish I had been but also <laughs> I almost feel like I was just from watching them it felt authentic yeah. it felt like a genuine insight into what their life was like back then rather than often what these films try and do which is what we'll talk about a film a little bit later where they, they almost fall into the trap of trying to fictionalise something whereas actually it's so much purer just to say you know what this is what the experience was and, and that's when you can relate to it and that's when you enjoy it so for me, that was the that was the strength of it, which is the same with all later films. Really, he he was there though, wasn't he? I think he did start out. He was a baseball. He was player, a baseball yeah, player think, at that time. So okay. I think a lot of it is very authentic. Just to further build, as you mentioned, we will talk about another sports film later. The way in a lot of these uh, types of films, these sort of coming of age, sort of uh, teen films, typically uh, you'll just have. A few, the start of these conversations, the start or a, a snapshot of these scenarios. Here, they're all sat around with, with a few pints, and they'll link later. We'll just leave the scene, mm. maybe two, three minutes longer than anything I've ever seen in the genre. And he just, and that's when the really interesting philosophical classic link later dialogue comes out. Mm -hmm. It's amazing when you watch it. And you go, how has no one just let the camera roll and just watch these people go from being very 2D and being cliche characters to now being 3D authentic characters and that's what stands this one apart from most I think that's, that's where the yeah. film fell apart for me no, okay. no. the philosophy no. I thought that's it it's wrong <laughs> that's <laughs> wrong based. it did feel like to me all the philosophy that was in this film was scraps that were left out of boyhood it was all the stuff that he somehow couldn't shoehorn in didn't fit whatever he Picked it off the floor, all those bits of crumpled up <laughs> tissue yeah. or paper. It just didn't sit right with me. Okay. I, and I, but you could sense it coming. Like, oh, suddenly they're all sat around smoking weed and everyone's a bit quiet and suddenly someone comes out with something really profound. And yeah. you're like, it's meant to sit with you and you're meant to think, yeah, that guy's really right. But the stuff wasn't really that groundbreaking in comparison to the stuff Linklater usually comes out with. Can I can I just meet you in the middle? Because I semi-agree with you. I think this was too heavily weighted. The first half, it, it was a it was a comedy drama seesaw for me. And the start was so funny. And that was, to me, lacking towards the end. And the drama uh, from the first 30 minutes wasn't quite, wasn't quite there. And I think it could have been better spaced out. It could have been maybe put together in a slightly different way with that balance. And I can see how towards the end, I was sort of craving a laugh again, which I didn't get. And then yes. some of those conversations then did start to, like you say, you know what you're meant to be feeling, but because it's gone on for a little bit too long, you're not sort of feeling it. But I think, are you then back on the... Yeah, because I think for me, I, I agree. There are a couple of scenes. I think Wyatt Russell is fantastic in, in this film. He steals he, it. He's great. And he's, he steals it. We talk about the philosophical edge. Um, and I think for me... It's not those bits, you know, where they're smoking weed and, and they're all having this quite bizarre conversations, which <laughs> apparently in films that seems to be what happens when, when weed is smoked. But <laughs> I think it's it's more, it's not necessarily on the nose stuff, which 
which I tend to agree with you in that respect. It's more the case of, you know what, they're playing baseball and they touch upon it a couple of times. You know, at high school, they are fantastic. They are the best. Mm. At college, all of a sudden, they are amongst the best at everyone else's high schools. And all of a sudden, your your elitism is diluted. And actually, you know what, you are just one of the pack now. And it's it's that the strand that they, they touch upon, but they don't hit it on the nose, which I think is, is the right way of doing things. They do talk about, you know, they're living in the present. Some of them aren't. Some of them are thinking about the future. Wyatt Russell's slightly different as, as you know, the film figures out. But it's more a case of what am I going to do in the future? And some of them literally address it and they say, you know what, I'm just a good I'm just a good ball player at college. You know, from here on in, if I make it pro, I will. If I don't, no wise. Others are way more competitive and say, you know what, oh, no, I'm going pro. And then there are others that are just like, I'm enjoying it while I still can. And, and that's it. And that's what I liked about it. The camaraderie yeah. I liked, but that made the fact that there was a lead character completely unnecessary but uh, now I'm going to leave this point to, to, to another film that we talk about later but I think each character is really quite well defined I, I think, think they, no, they I have a character each character has character and I, I felt like I knew as much about every person there as I wanted to yeah apart from the main guy who you kind of get a little bit more and they kind of make him seem like he's different especially by the end he has a very different attitude to women to the rest yeah. of everyone else the women is, is quite a tricky but that that's quite a tricky topic to address in this film, I think, as well, because there's some interesting perspectives on on We're on, sluts, on they're sluts. Yeah, well, I <laughs> he's, mean, he's, he's pretty, pretty bluntly, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's that's how he words it. I think one of the characters quite literally says they can do whatever they want to as well, or something like that. Yes. When they're all dancing and they're, they're eyeing each other up, yeah. You almost think there's going to be a female version of this somewhere as well, because it is. There's this bit where they literally meet each other in the middle of the dance floor, right? And it's almost like that's a crossover. Where have they come from? Yeah. What yeah. have they been they, doing? I, I know, knowing Linklater, he's probably got that plan knowing him because mm. he always seems to plan with that ahead. But I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah it'd be, be really, it'd be really interesting. Um, I, on that, just to finish that, I was really glad I spoke to a female friend who saw it on their weekend, and I went. I was mouthing the word misogynistic. I was yeah. so petrified that she was going to go no. Oh, from the get-go, you're just staring at their asses, and it's yeah. just—it's just very classic male gaze, male. Yeah. It's a very male-centric movie, but she went, "No, not for one second. because obviously Linklater obviously has this history of doing very good female characters, so it's not like he's abandoned them. But mm. it's just this film is is so male-centric, mm. and like you said, you wouldn't be surprised if the uh, the sister film is in the works, but. Um, yeah, I was so glad that that didn't rub off. We we are not the judge of that. Yeah, because I I, but, thought, I feared that it would do. Yeah, and I know absolutely. some critics, Commode including, has has been saying, you know, oh really? Yeah, it's he's really too. not. It was a concern. Man. It didn't bother me watching it, but then to hear other people say yeah. that it was okay. I think for me, I, I I thought that afterwards, but at the time, it was more. I'm just loving. I'm just really enjoying it. I'm, <laughs> I'm having too much of a I, good I time to care. I got completely <laughs> caught up in it, to be honest. Yeah. And, um, and that's for me. That's a sign of a good film. Sometimes when you ignore some of the thing, some of the reservations that you may have if you either watch it again or you objectively try and sort of dissect it piece by piece. And I have seen this film again, and I loved it just as much as I did the first time as well. Which for me is always a good Excellent. sign when it comes to comedy. On the point about the f- philosophy side of things, I don't want to let this film rest because I. I feel as passionate about this as you did about Silk Lining's playbook. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I've already talked about some of the philosophical side, but there's also one point as well, which I think is quite an interesting take. Justin, the character of Justin, who was Jake's sort of grunger emo friend, who yep. clearly used to play baseball um, and, and they used to be good friends. And he just completely recreated himself at university. And you find, you know, that's what people do. They go to university without knowing anyone who's there. 
you don't know any exposition about their backstory. They just come to university as whoever they want to be. And I quite like, yes, it was a, it was one character representing that, but it was quite nice to see that this guy, a bunch of macho lads usually wouldn't associate with, but they did. Because and there's this theme throughout it all as well, how they're just experimenting, they're trying new things. They they go to a you know a rave, no, they go to a they go to the punk gig. They go to the punk gig. They go to a you know the, the drama, Joe, the drama West, club party, yeah, which is drama club party, yeah. and then obviously naturally their disco as well. And you see that they're all just trying new things. And at the, at the end of the day, you know we've all been to university. That that's kind of what it is. It, it is, you know, you're not necessarily reimagining yourselves, but you're open to to new ideas. You're open to trying new things and getting in with different crowds. And when and, better in that that first few days, that first weekend, which obviously is and that's like, we haven't discussed that, yeah. And the fact is, it literally because it does do a countdown till class and you're sort of like when hope hope this uh, hope this never comes but yeah they, they managed to fit I mean like you may have insinuated earlier Robbie there are possibly a few like there are repetitive scenarios but what happens in each one it does build and I think mm. there is it does show this this real variety of what they're up to and what is on offer for anyone who does have this experience I'd like to think that that I mean I don't think I was as open minded as they all were when they, when nor you was see I. Them. Sorry, and, nor was I. Yeah, and I think I <laughs> you hopefully seen it, you know, it, it influences. Yeah, it influences people to be more like that because that that's how things should be. Don't be scared to try whatever it is, and people won't yeah. judge you for that. Yeah, but as a group though, and I don't know how you felt about this. I loved their company, loved being on the outside looking in. I wouldn't be friends with them. They, they're the group that I wouldn't try and be friends with. I, I'm, I'm happy to, to... I saw Ian Martin in every single one of them. Really? <laughs> I, did, did, I didn't was, see that. It was not a million miles away from the hockey team I played for. <laughs> I it was, said the hockey team. It was not very... It was not too different at all. Except for this one was uh, rated PG-13. Yeah, so. I was going to say, this was a lot more <laughs> violent. Yeah. But I, you know, I enjoyed watching their exploits. And, and maybe it's, a, it's me wanting to be like them, or not wanting to be like them, but wanting to have as good time as, as they did. Because I had a great time watching them. Yeah. Um, and also, a good point to make as well, we talk about this as a baseball team. You don't see a great deal of baseball. But when you do, he really captures baseball really it's pretty well. It's, it's almost like a little bit like in the social network where they're talking about rowing, the, the Winkleboss twins. And you don't see any rowing, and then all of a sudden you have this fantastic scene at the Henley Regatta where you see this rowing, and it's just like this breath of fresh air into the film. They've just <laughs> said, "Right, let's get out and let's let's sort of let's look at something completely different." And they do this with the baseball, and you see them all playing and having a bit of fun, and all of a sudden it just contextualizes everything that they've been talking about and how competitive they are, and well, actually how good they how are as well. That was it to see how accomplished you some think, of them were. Yeah. They can back up because it's very all very well just to have other oh, actors. Oh, he's he's good at baseball. Apparently, they don't have to be a certain size or whatever. Mm. Certain physique to do it but absolutely fantastic the, the build up to that is great the fact that you see how competitive they are at everything and then, and then baseball what they are known what they for are actually what they're good, at. good yeah. at yeah yeah superb for me I spoke to Ian earlier and I think I was being a bit it has sat with me today and this discussion's helped mm -hmm. it's a three star film with five star moments some, like, some of it is absolutely brilliant Link later at his best but there's too much which is just subpar for me but I'm just going to sit with the three. I think it's the three star film. I think originally I put this down. I think the first time I watched this on Letterboxd, I had 4.5 stars because I really couldn't <laughs> decide between the two. Can't decide. And then the second time I watched it, I thought it's really good, but it's probably a four star film. Mm. Now this talk has made me think it's a five star film. <laughs> <laughs> so come back to me. Go to Ian first. <laughs> no, I think 
what we just we've discussed every single week what are we judging them against you know it's all relative with their own genre with their own and this is a very very overdone genre a very very overdone genre and for that reason when i think about um drum roll please when i think about all the other cliches that this film stays well clear of successfully so whilst remaining philosophical emotional funny all of that i've got to give it the benefit of the doubt and give it the full 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 whack five stars <laughs> Again, I was very, very torn. And do you compare it to Linklater? Do you compare it to Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Do you compare it to uh, Days of Confused? And I think you do have to compare it to Days of Confused because that's not only Linklater, but for me, the best teen coming-of-age film by quite some way. Um, yeah, it's just a very strong, very, very good four-star film for me. The last half an hour, craving something a little bit more, it does teeter off somewhat for me but yeah still absolutely fantastic and long may his uh, good run continue bad neighbours or if you're listening in America <laughs> neighbours because that's when good neighbours become good friends or not in this case or not in this case as we have uh, a couple of uh, Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen with I think like a one year old a young baby and uh, they've got a nice new place, it's all going well. And then, uh-oh, new neighbours next door. It's Dave Franco and Zac Efron. And they are with a fraternity. They all starts off very amicable. They're, they're mates. And then uh, one night, it's just getting a bit loud. A couple have had enough and they, they do break. And they do break a promise that they would always let the frat know if they're being too loud instead of reporting to the cops because they just uh, got their first strike uh, from Lisa Kudrow, the dean, for burning down their old house. So this this very much upsets them, and uh, war ensues to see who can outlive the other. Dun-dun-dun. Um, Dun-dun-dun. Um, I think that's some point. Shall I start off proceedings? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the right way to go. <laughs> if only the film would stop there. <laughs> I thought this film was fine. It was not funny for me. I, don't, I think I laughed maybe once or twice, but I enjoyed the story. I sat there happily. There is a story. Yeah, and enjoyed every character arc, every journey everyone went on. It was a joy to watch. It's perfect for a night in with your mates. You walk out for 20 minutes because you're cooking. You come back in. You carry on watching. You've missed nothing. It's just, it's easy. It's an easy watch. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is what it aims to be. So that's fine. I mean, I get I get what, Rob's <laughs> what Robbie's going for there. James, you're doing a bit of a face over well, there. What's... No, I thought I thought this film was was fine. Um, oh. The first time I watched it, and, um, <laughs> and then I I generally I, I can't remember how long ago I watched it. It was at the cinema because I watched it at the cinema, so it must have been a few years ago. And, and when I when I first watched, it, yeah, it was fine. It was uh, it was fine. That's a strong word as I'm going to use uh, about. It. And then I watched it again the other day, and it's catastrophically bad. Like, <laughs> I just. Like, you talk about laughs I genuinely <laughs> the times I laugh are when like it's so bad that you laugh which you know, it's the whole laughing with or at and, and I'm absolutely laughing and pointing at it it's just it's such a shame as well and that's because I like Dave Franco I quite I quite like it the way you know some comedy actors they have like a shtick and you can with him he, he sort of has one I, I like that Zac Efron, oh, this annoys me. <laughs> Continuing to plummet. Um, he is Zac wonderful. Efron. Seth Rogen as well. And Rose Byrne is probably the only good thing about it, in my opinion. What, what has Craig Roberts reduced himself to? He oh, plays a him, very yeah. good little role, as does <laughs> Christopher Mintz, um, Mintz Plass. No, no, no. They all on. play this their role. Really, 
So the decline of this film was represented by McLovin. <laughs> because you know, in Superbad, yeah, it's funny, it works. Now he's just sort of doing it, being having bit parts around these random films. He's taken a fall from grace, but his his <laughs> yeah. bit part in he's, this is as, as if he had, had grace. He's the modern day Michael Cera. He just shows up in a film as himself. I think they're in slightly different leagues, but you're absolutely right. Oh, they uh, do do that. Michael yeah. Cera's a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I got a bit got a bit worried there. Um, talking about cut though, I think what makes this so good is how apparently initially they had the first draft of the script and then they went back and went no we're doing we're doing what everyone else does let's make Rose Byrne not just I'm going to be the stay at home wife who's mad at Seth Rogen because he's out causing trouble fighting with teenagers again she becomes uh, <laughs> a partner in a partner in crime and she gets into it and I think that is what stands this one apart and I because I didn't realise until I Wikipedia it yesterday this was directed by a guy called Nicholas Stoller who may not be a household name, but he has done pretty good. He's got a good track record. He's written and been involved with a lot of good films, but um, most notable are called... Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, there we go. Uh, And, of course, Five Year Engagement, which is the best rom uh, rom-com of the modern era. I, well, mean, I not... mean, out of those two, Forgetting Sarah Marshall was better already. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the bottom that. 50% of those two films. Ab- <laughs> absolutely not true. But no, I just think this is just a very funny, very well cast, very does exactly what it says in the tin. And to be honest, I think a little bit more. I think it's only when at the end and you have a very super bad-esque moment where it's all said and done and Seth Rogen bumps into Zac Efron and Zac Efron for whatever reason, hasn't been doing too well and he's he's got a shirt off and he's an Abercrombie meet and greet, mm. welcome in. And him and Rogan go, you know what, that was that was crazy back there. We all got uh, got way too into it. Seth Rogan takes his shirt off. He looks fantastic, of course. And those two, and then you go, this has got not only a lot of vet substantial laughs, but it's got, it's got dramatic clout. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was way better than I thought it'd be from the trailer. There are several. I mean, the De Niro party bit, which is I'd, somewhat my favourite from part, the trailer, my highlight. Yeah, and you've got the the milking scene, which is which no, is which that, is physical comedy. You've got a baby <laughs> with a condom. Oh, is that a balloon? It's eating a condom. Wonderful. Great cut, jump cut straight <laughs> to the room. I know, James is thinking the exact same thing I am. I, I was watching that scene going, who finds this funny? Yeah. And I, it's absolutely because fa- it's horrifying. There's that a bit, condom scene is done so well. There's a bit involving a bush, right? And he is like humping a bush. Yeah, that they're one of the worst slapstick moments. It's so bad. This it's covers so all bases. It's all comedy. And let's not forget the real gem that is worth rewatching the trailer about seven times. The keep it down. Because that sticks out for me as anyone who's ever lived with anyone uh, and had a little gripe, and you go in my head, no, this is what I'm going to deal with this social situation. I'm just gonna, just gonna pr- just keep it down, keep it down. And then you get into the situation, and you just want to say it, and you don't realise you lose all of your tact and all of your thought <laughs> disappears. And before you know it, Seth Rogen's there, just explaining in a very mature way, and Rose Byrne, keep it down. It's just fantastic. I think. I think there's a, there's so much in here that is it, the positive way outweighs the negative for me. I didn't I wasn't put off by like you said the Christopher Mintz Plas the like you said watching the guy why is the guy from Submarine doing this what's he what's he up to and yeah some of the the sillier bits but I think there was so certainly substantial comedy to to outweigh it and some very good just good party scenes and just some just some good all round teen staples. 
What, uh... I think there's. I I enjoyed the the Sam Jackson. You know that that De Niro impressions little sketch, um, and that's what it was, because uh, it was completely irrelevant to the, to the rest <laughs> of the film. But I I did enjoy that. Um, the issue is with with this film and with so many films like it previously, and I'm sure that will come up in the future. There's so many jokes. This scattergun approach of just throwing as many jokes and just hoping one of them will stick. And the issue is is that that's all well and good because every now and then they do, but the amount then that miss just uh, uh, really affects my overall enjoyment of the film because I just think it's such a poor success rate, such a poor hit rate. But that's what makes it a very good mainstream American comedy because for there are there are kids in America, there are, are various ages uh, who are laughing at all of the jokes you didn't like. And I totally understand when you see something that is maybe something a bit more focused or maybe a bit more as satirical has got a point. You're certainly you're on board like a four lines. You're on board from the get go. You know what they're going mm -hmm. for, and it's wonderful from start to finish. This is chucking every a various combination of jokes at the wall, but that's what makes it a mainstream comedy. And I think it's just way better than a lot of American mainstream comedies. And it's one Seth Rogen has done has made a very good career out of being in the very best. Yeah, I, th I do American mainstream comedies. I completely see where James is coming from. If you if you throw a if you throw enough poo at the wall, something's going <laughs> to stick. Had to be. But, the, uh, <laughs> but who's wanting the poo as well? <laughs> there's the always thing. someone who wants every part of but the But that, that's it, yeah. No, there's, you're trying to appeal to everyone, and some of it sticks for some, and horses for courses. Yeah. Uh, but they do, it, yeah, it just fell flat for me. Yeah, um, it just doesn't, I think doesn't work. The, uh, I was doing my research on this, on Wikipedia, and I think I can sum Not up... Not an official Harvard reference. <laughs> unfortunately. But I think... It summed it up perfectly for me. It won two awards at the MTV uh, Movie Awards. Ooh. Uh, Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen won for best hashtag WTF moment. Excellent. And, well, was uh, that the milking, perhaps? I, I, <laughs> I assume so. And Zac Efron won for best shirtless performance. Oh, which so he this is totally deserved. Yeah. <laughs> that's your target that audience. Feels, <laughs> that's yeah. the award you're aiming for. And it, it does it well. I, after mentioning that we were doing this film to a few a few friends earlier, they someone to say, "Oh, actually, it is my guilty pleasure." No, there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure to start off with, and this is far from that. I think there's you should feel guilty. There are way <laughs> there are way worse niche cult films that you don't know why, but are so almost way more obscure than this that you just think, "I should not like this. I feel terrible for liking this, but I'm laughing anyway because it's so." For whatever reason, what type of comedy? But I just think it's it's better than uh, better than the majority, anyway. Which leads me on to a star rating. Oh, okay. Uh, again, it, we're not comparing all the films by the same star rating. They are in their own uh, own evaluation, independent evaluation, based on what they're trying to achieve and what's been done before. And I think this is just another another knockout and another four star. Nicholas Stoller film. It's not of the same quality overall as everybody wants them, but still, uh, still four from me. I think to 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 give this the same. Well, actually, to be fair, I'm sure you can make the same comments about some of my staff, but to put this in the same ballpark as everybody wants them is it's, is, is ludicrous to <clears throat> to me. Yes, they're trying to achieve different things, and it's all relative to the what they're looking to go. So I, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's just fallen that they're both on the same. On the same pod, so it's easy to for me to to make that comparison. Yeah, um, I think you, you touched on dramatic. You know, some of the dramatic part 
were poignant some in some aspects and for me that was almost one of the most worrying things that the drama side of it was was one of the most intriguing parts and <laughs> when it's a comedy that's always a little bit alarming but I think I did get caught up in the moment a little bit. I think you, I felt backed into a corner. I came out swinging. So there were a few funny moments, and I don't usually like slapstick, but there's one where there's like a fire barrel that, like, for some reason, <laughs> and it catches and it hits some person on the side, <laughs> <laughs> and they all just stop, wait to see if this guy's okay, and that's that's a fantastic moment. I thought it'd I be did. too obvious as well to mention the airbags, but no. very the first time you see the first, I gather we, we haven't mentioned the sequel. It comes back and you apparently, yeah, obviously that's rehashed, that's too much. But that side of the physical comedy, I think they absolutely nailed. I didn't, that's funny you say, I didn't like the um, the airbags because that just, I wouldn't mind it just one off, done. But yeah. then they kept coming back to it, I didn't really like that. But there was another one where they're fighting towards the end and, and someone holds up a trampoline and someone throws a can and it rebounds off the trampoline and, and hits someone in the face. I can't quite remember, but it's just the way it's done is really good. So, so when I think about, you know, there were a couple of laugh out loud moments, but for me, it, there's so many. As I've already said, there's so many moments where it's just absolute duds, and you think this is just not working. This isn't making me laugh um, <laughs> consistently. Anyway, I can appreciate how it's one of those films where you talk to your friends about it and they all love it. And, and it's like, how? But what about this bit and this bit? And, and then you suddenly realise you're a real pretentious idiot <laughs> who, who sits through this film and and picks up on all the little issues or cliches or things that don't quite work. So. For me, taking all of that, I was I came into the room thinking it was a one, and I've come out thinking it's a one point five. General maths, you you round up, so I'm gonna have to give it a two. Okay. A gen very generous two, I mean, <laughs> very generous two. I think that, I feel guilty that I gave it two. Like you said, there is a sort of a endearing, poignant underlying story of struggling to come to terms with that you are now a parent, which is quite quite nice to go on that journey with them. Yeah, but no, it's nothing more than a two. When you say that about being a parent, the, the poignancy of yeah. being a parent. Because they, they're so desperate. They look at these guys, and as much as they loathe them, they're super jealous that they are still doing it. And then you see on the other side of it, I think there is a little bit of a speech where Efron is like, man, you've got it all. You've already done the hard part. I can't even pass my exams. I can't even do well enough to pass a year at college. Like The fact that they envy each other so much and even though obviously we're closer to one oh, okay. character than the other, I, it, it just absolutely struck with me. I thought it was <clears throat> that speech <laughs> and those moments. I'm, I'm getting very throaty <laughs> to, just thinking about it, and it's definitely a four. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I hadn't really thought about it with those moments. Maybe I just ignored it or sort of given up by then. But, but me, that's perfectly acceptable. I think so... for me it was the Zac Efron, Dave Franco bit where he's sort of, it's this idea of you know you've actually got a future don't sacrifice yeah. your future just because I'm being an idiot kind of thing yeah and I, that's a deep film <laughs> no there I are. mean that's ridiculous that's ridiculous <laughs> no it's, that, it's not you're looking for meaning that's not that's like saying you know Scooby Doo's about a dog wanting to be a human it's not you're looking for meaning that's just not no quite it's there. deceptively, it deceptively deep, as they do say on the everybody wants some poster and they're completely right with that film and I think this film because it has all the moments the reasons why you guys and you know even myself those slept some of those moments that don't quite work you then I can understand when you watch certain films if there's so much that enrages you it's very easy to omit and write off mm -hmm. certain bits but I, yeah I, I totally can see where you guys are coming from so School Ties the one we've all been waiting for <laughs> this film I think took us all a bit by surprise well me naming this film took us all a little bit by surprise me included because a very quick search of uh, a very quick Google search of sort of coming of age college films 
we'll, we'll find this. Not at college, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, got me that time, Google. Yeah, um, and and we found that I hadn't heard of it, despite the names that at, at that point probably weren't that famous. But obviously now we can, you know, in hindsight look back and see what how famous they became. But knew absolutely nothing about this film. Even the thing on Google turned out to be incorrect. So yeah, I knew absolutely nothing about this film. Um, but it basically tells the story of, of Brendan Fraser's um, character. So yeah, insert laughs here with Brendan Fraser. Uh, basically leaving behind his um, he's a bit of a country bumpkin you know leaving behind his country hometown where he's, he's popular he's respected he's very good at, at playing football or, or American football um, for, our, for our UK fans um, yeah albeit you know he's, he's Jewish um, to follow his, <laughs> his education and, and the potential to, to go on to such a prestigious um, school like, like Harvard and, and all via um, American football uh, and the scholarship and, and he's been very sought after because of his abilities at playing American football and, and obviously playing the most important position which is which is quarterback and hopefully that pretty much sets it up and it's obviously it's the, then the the trials and tribulations of, of trying to integrate himself and for the first hour I think it nearly albeit in a very simple formulate way it was that for the first hour we do see the trials and tribulations you've got Matt Damon is quite a prominent character Ben Affleck who's a bit more in the background but <laughs> yeah, has a couple of words um, but yeah you, there's there's stuff going on here I mean I've seen far worse similar films and uh, for the first hour um, and you go along and you, this is great and he's gonna oh, he's gonna play the big game and he's brought in as a ringer and they do beat the team that he was brought in for it's all going really well until around the hour mark Matt Damon has a scotch and soda and is informed by one of the old boys that Brendan Fraser is a Jew. And from that point, you don't hear the end of the word. <laughs> it just gets out of hand, doesn't it? It gets... it. The whole film, it forgets. It doesn't want to be that almost... And everybody wants some, <laughs> obviously not knowing at the time, but that kind of film. Mm. It doesn't want to be that anymore and it just wants to be this almost social commentary of the time. What were we saying? Fifties, early sixties. I think it's fifties. Yeah. I didn't. Did there? Did a date? I, I don't. I didn't really. I remember. Didn't don't really know. look it up, but I'm, I'm sure it because they're listening to sort of like rockabilly stuff. And he comes uh, from like he has a fight with a greaser on a motorbike. And they're talking about the gets, war. They talk about the World War as well. The war they? wasn't yeah. a million miles away from. Mm. They're not that far past it. Um, and then yeah, it just gets all. It gets very silly, and it's just about this point of. Oh no, that's not nice. That they're not nice to that boy in this, but it just gets very silly and absolutely contrived and mad for the last forty-five. Does anyone agree? Disagree? No. Did you enjoy I, the I first hour? Did you? Well, yeah. Were you on board with the first hour? I was very pleasantly surprised by by this film. I was um, happy. Yeah, because I, I think we all probably thought it was just going to be an absolute. When you've heard nothing, it's so rare that you've know absolutely nothing about a film with these yeah. names attached, but. Uh, yeah, and I, as I say, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it, yeah, it did try to be a little bit on the nose about bigotry and uh, and anti-Semitism. And there's literally a character at the end who says, you know what, yeah, I am anti-Semitic. And you almost thought they've sort of been trying to like flirt around it for the whole, yeah, to try and not hit it right on the nose. And then they've just gone, you know what, sod it. It's, uh, yes, I'm anti-Semitic. But it was, you know, it, it did. Yeah, it's difficult to really go into too much depth on this film because... It does. We talked about everybody wants some, and I think this is, you know, it's unfavourably compared to that, really, yeah. really, um, because and rightly so, uh, I think for me, because 
you look at everybody wants some it tries to say this is what it's like whereas this film it does try to dramatize it a little bit it, it does you know fictionalize this story of of jealousy and, and as we always see in films also all of a sudden we know a secret about the 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 popular person the the jealous sort of not as popular person suddenly finds out the secret and oh, all of a sudden he's got to spread the news around and it does fall into that trap yes it was 92 so i've seen many many films that have done that since then and maybe i'm holding it to a modern day standard whereas actually you've got to think about when it was actually created but yeah it does go down that route which i didn't think completely worked um it tries to generate this camaraderie which i don't think quite works i talked earlier when we were talking about everybody wants some that in everybody wants some there are so many characters and every single one of them has a character and they are mm -hmm. they are unique yeah. and you can identify them. Sense. In this film, they There's all sort of merge into two one. Two or three yeah. actual characters. That, like, and they were all playing the same It's all the same. They're all going through yeah. the same journey of, yeah. okay, this is someone we've never really experienced before. Yeah. And maybe, you know, that's quite an interesting message And either to react say, positively yeah, or negatively. You know what? At high school, you're young, you're naive. Your family and parents may not, well, may not have taught you about different individuals that you're that you're going to experience and especially you've already said about when it's set so i can understand that some of this stuff is relatively profound for for the time um but yeah it doesn't quite work i i i enjoyed everybody wants some all the camar camaraderie that came with it um doesn't come through in this film uh, yes i suppose it's got a bit of a darker undertone around the bigotry that we've already talked about um, but you can see everything that's coming from an absolute oh, mile off from the first um, from the opening <laughs> establishing shot and not because <laughs> Yeah, and not really because you can relate to what they're going through, but just because you've seen this kind of film so many times, you know the mm -hmm. the little the little points that it, it's trying to get to, and and the little sort of the marks in the film where you know something's <laughs> going to happen. And yeah, it, it does happen. It, it does. It's pretty formulaic in in that respect, but it does succeed to an extent of 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 being profound in it, representing the bigotry and the prejudice. I think that the two words I think people do reference and anti-Semitism, obviously throughout it, which. I can, um, which I can understand, but growing up is about understanding others, I suppose. And good point. I've grown up in a society, I suppose, where most things are relatively well accepted. Mm. So maybe I've never been. I, I don't know if the, if it made you think of this, but you know, sometimes when you think about what happens if I did grow up in Nazi Germany, or what happens if I did grow up in a time or, or a place where something that is now accepted wasn't accepted would I be the person that stood up and said you know what no I accept that or would I just conform and be yeah. like everyone else and mm -hmm. just assume it's the norm yeah. and my fear is I'd probably do the latter I'd like to think yeah. I'd do the former yeah. but we, we never yeah. know but I would always fear I'd do the latter and and, and that was it, it, only for a second it made me think that but I thought you know that's pretty profound to have made me think that well that leads me on to my main point about the <laughs> there film there we go I thought it was an I, I thought the whole film was Represented an absolute travesty of Matt Damon's character Dylan, um, <laughs> because he's obviously just been brought up horrendously. He's got all this pressure on him to go to Harvard, and maybe I'm just being but kind his of older brother as I well. I really like always. Matt Damon, so therefore I'm feeling sorry for him. But he's been brought up in a in a world where everyone hates Jewish people, and every and you know it's okay to say these things. He's also brought up to have all this pressure on him. You need to get into Harvard. You need to. You have to. He's also got this the love of his life who's being almost stolen from him by his best mate. And yeah. although although there's no actual relationship going on, yeah. his mate never clears it with him. No, yeah. Unapologetically. And he's, qu yeah, he's yeah. quite obviously has massive <laughs> feelings for this in. girl. <laughs> so although I can't justify his reasoning, if you know, he is brought up to think that yeah. his way of thinking is correct. 
and and a young Matt Damon does do far better than I think most would have dealt with such a rigid basic screenplay like mm. I think the dialogue he's given Matt Damon I don't know how old he is in the film but he you can see that I mean he I mean Brendan Fraser is, is surprisingly he's like I was, I, I was like I believed that he was his character, and Matt Damon, I totally got. Some of the others, it was just obvious. Like you're too old, you're not seventeen. <laughs> this is ludicrous. Like, but that's a common trope. Yeah, but I think, but I think, yeah, I think Matt Damon did I did think, handle did the best of a bad, and Brendan Fraser did do the best of a bad situation. But I think with Matt Damon as well, you talk about him being a young actor and, and carrying that off. Agreed, but it's also it's a young character. It's, it's a young character as well, isn't it? So. He is at that age. He's naive, for one, as we've already... He, he's prejudiced. But he's also... He's prone to emotions. He's prone to not thinking rationally and logically about mm. these things. So when he, he sees Brendan Fraser's character getting a little bit territorial, or he getting a little bit, you know, nicey-nicey with the love of his life and with everything that he wants, you know, for his yeah. future, he gets a bit territorial and was like, right, I'm going to have to screw him over. And to you and I and us, you know, and maybe Matt Damon's character, Dylan... Now, at 25, you know, he probably looks back and thinks, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been a lot more careful and thought a little bit more about it. But actually, he is Easy reacting says, how we probably would have reacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did quite like the primal fear esque ending. There's no redemption. That was I was interested. I, I thought that was an interesting point because obviously there's quite a nice sign off from Brendan Fraser when Matt Damon's character mm. moves out, and I thought there was going to be a bit of a. I accept your apology kind of thing. <laughs> actually, it's it's just as uh, you know, yeah, just as. Um, as hostile as it as it has been for the previous hour, so which was quite interesting, you know. Sometimes you think when you go to school, you're really good friends with someone. In the space of about a week, something has happened, and all mm. of a sudden, he'll, you're the, you're the flipped, yeah, mortal enemies. Topsy yeah. He'll he'll learn, but he just hasn't learned just yet. Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. There are some comical moments though. <laughs> like there's a bit where Brendan Fraser calls someone. Like I think he something's happened. Someone's put a flag up. I think, and the, he, so the go home Jew flag yeah. with a swastika. Yeah, and he goes outside. Says right, I will fight whoever it is. Yeah, and oh, he I, mean, he, I mean he puts a knife through yeah. a piece of paper badly scrawled. Meet me out the front at ten thirty, <laughs> yeah. and marches back because. <laughs> And then he's waiting outside. It's raining. Of course, it's raining. Obviously, it's raining. <laughs> the only time you see rain. Coward! <laughs> Simpson. It's, it's such a great moment. And there's also a bit as well. Oh, Brendan Fraser, where I think um, he's just arrived, and obviously we've we've established at this point he's he's Jewish. The characters haven't, but 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 we have as the the dramatic irony of the audience have. And they, they go to church the first time and everyone's singing hymns around him. And he's trying to do this, like, <laughs> looking around, thinking, oh, what did I feel a bit out of place. So alien. <laughs> his, so... Face, his face is so good. Um, it, it does it does remind me of Remember the Titans a little bit, I think, in that terms of... And very much uh, Dead Poet Society, but it's, it comes with the prep school. It comes with the territory of that, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. I so... actually saw that last week, and it's even that film is a, cut of, a considerable cut above. A considerable cut above this, mm-hmm. I would say. No, I agree. I agree. Sorry, but, you were looking. Yeah, no, no. but that was they were only two comical moments in a film that I thought was going to be absolutely riddled both, with them. Both yeah. linked to Brendan Fraser's acting ability, though, or slash script. Yeah, and his, yeah. his, his <laughs> lack of career is as, mm. is also linked to that, I think, as well. But <laughs> obviously, didn't see George in the Jungle. No, or Mummy One, Two, Three, Four, Five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, the first two, sight <laughs> to behold. For me, as I say, I was I was pleasantly surprised by this film. I'm I'm I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I would give it a three, a solid three. I think there are definitely some some flaws what? in uh, in this film, um, and maybe I'm giving it a three 
marked against my expectations of what I thought it was going to be rather than objectively looking at the film I imagine if I watched it again I might not feel as strongly as I, I do as positively as I do sorry but for now I would I would give it a solid three yeah uh, I think the first hour is perfectly fine um, pretty much the words I think you guys are using for, for bad neighbours but very formulaic and inoffensive I think if you're going to give something a one star it's got it's got to have gone out of its way to bug you and to really get at you, and it and it doesn't do that. It is very inoffensive, and it is. Having seen the trailer, the second I knew what was coming at some point, and I just found it hilarious. And it wasn't, it wasn't not entertaining. Maybe not what they were intending, sure, but um, yeah, I think it's just it's just a two, isn't it? It's just there's I don't think there's enough in there. There are too many threes that are just again yeah. a cut above for me. I'm I'm happy to give it a, a two overall felt like a very to me it felt like the kind of film your teacher puts on at the end of term to teach you all a lesson do you know what I mean yeah. like had that feel to it like pay it forward it's just that kind of film it was fine I didn't realise how invested I was in it until I had to stop it 10 minutes from the end for an hour and then was kind of like oh, I kind of want to know what happens like, <laughs> it does feel to that crescendo there yeah. is a bit where they're literally going around a room and 12 angry men yeah but they, they, they do attack that, that comes through it comes to resolution we all knew it was going to come to but it does, It takes a longer to get there and I mean that in a positive way a, a lot of films would just yeah. completely uh, I suppose just brush over that and just make some flip decision in a script and say right okay done that's decision over but actually it does yeah. I liked that I liked that yeah it was a nice sign off it's a solid two for me though I didn't enjoy it enough it was just yeah. it was there it's a film and it, as you say didn't do anything massively wrong but just not enough not enough right yeah Next week on Straight Jack. <laughs> Seven. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like previously on Lost. Uh, so it's my choice of the new release. Yeah. And you're gunning for? Going for The Nice Guys. Ooh. The uh, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, private investigator, comedy, dramery, probably more com, comedy. Saw um, the trailer for it last night when I went to see everybody want some and it, Annoy it looks annoyingly good. I was surprised. It looked like that sort of film where you thought, What are these two doing? This yes. is going to be awful. Yeah. Their careers have plummeted. Whereas actually, it sounds like it's going to be one of those, Shame. as you said yourself. Yeah, he's only done three films. I've, I've only seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I very much I was happily enjoyed that film. So, really didn't like that. Don't know what to, <laughs> yeah, think could expect the same again. But so, yeah, nice guys. So, the theme, very niche theme of, of private investigators. Okay, not really a genre, but. I'm going to go for Inherent Vice. Oh, that's a... I haven't seen it. I'm going to go for The Coen Brothers. Debut film, uh, which is uh, playing uh, at Pitch House Central over the weekend of the 3rd and 5th of June as part of a Sundance Comes to, comes to London. Uh, yeah, Blood Simple, the first Coen Brothers film. So that's all from us. Okay.